Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyan. We're talking about God's mission for the church today. I want to talk to you about the mystery, what it includes, what it does not include, why the word mystery is because it was unknown in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament. We walk in things today that Moses, Joshua, Isaiah, Jeremiah never even dreamed about. On top of that, angels didn't know it was coming. Only the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit revealed to us on the day of Pentecost. Let's go to the Word of God together and find out about God's blessing for us. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. This is number two in the series that I'm teaching out of the book of Ephesians on God's mission for the church. To understand that is to understand why the church age is so unique, why our commandments are so unique. We've been told things in the New Testament for us that were never, ever told in the Old Testament. People often say, well, the Old Testament's out of the way. No, it was a foundation. And we never throw the foundation. It's the foundation for what we have today. But what God has been building since the day of Pentecost was completely unknown in the Old Testament. They helped lay the foundation of the word of God, the holy apostles and prophets, we are told. But on the day of Pentecost, something new began that was was never understood in the Old Testament. And that's why in the New Testament, this is called the mystery. The mystery in the New Testament does not mean something we don't understand. It means something we do understand that Old Testament people did not understand. Old Testament writers did not understand. And this time period I'm talking about is the church age. I like to think of it this way. The opening of the church age began on the day of Pentecost and ends at the rapture of the church. The parenthesis begins on that day and ends on that day. And so that what happens is that time period in between those two parentheses was unknown in the Old Testament. God dropped little nuggets to tell, like he told there would come an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Paul, uh, Peter even prophesied that, told about that. This was that was spoken by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days. We told about when the church age began, but nothing about the church age is found in the Old Testament. This is why the New Testament calls our time period, the time period of the mystery. So when you run across mystery, don't say, well, there's just things we don't understand. No, there are maybe some things you don't understand, but hang in there. God can explain it. God can reveal it. And again, there'll be things after we're in heaven that I'm sure he's going to show us that we never you know, knew about before, but it had nothing to do with our life. The church age has everything to do with your life and the time period we live in. And we quoted it. In fact, we quoted it from the book of Ephesians chapter three, verses one through 12. I'm not gonna go back over that, but three times this word mystery is mentioned in there and told that writers of the Old Testament, all that didn't know about it, And here's the point, only three knew about it, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they knew about it from the beginning of everything. It was a secret. It was a mystery hidden in their heart. They never told the angels. They never told the elect angels. They never told the fallen angels. They never told demons. They never told the Old Testament writers. They never told the Old Testament prophets. They never told the patriarchs of the Old Testament. None of them knew. Again, once in a great while, God would put a little nugget in there and and tell something's coming, but they didn't know. And honestly, angels didn't know, 
The day that the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, the church age began, angels must have looked at each other and said, what is going on? Demons must have looked at each other and said, what is going on? Believers looked at each other going, what is going on? And all of a sudden inside, the Holy Spirit moved to be inside of them. Never happened in the Old Testament that we became the temple of the Holy Spirit. The fact that, well, we'll get into a lot of this here coming up in just a few moments. Again, my book on Ephesians is what we're offering. And at halftime, they'll come on and tell you how you can have a copy of the book. If you have the book, then there's going to be something I'll offer during this series. And that will help enhance what I'm teaching out of the book of Ephesians describing the greatness of the church age that we live in today. So again, it comes back to it. Mystery is another name for the church age and for the teachings of the church age. We know things today that angels desire to look into, can't look into because they don't understand. It's something that is so far from them. But let me just tell you the bottom line of what this is all about. Found in Ephesians chapter 3, close to verse 10, 11, and 12 is this. The purpose of the church age is so that Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit can simply look at us. And we have been exalted above the level of angels. In fact, we find in chapter one of Hebrews that angels are now ministering spirits sent to minister for us who shall be heirs of salvation. And to the demons and principalities in heavenly places might be made known through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Jesus sits in heaven now and will for some 2000 years sit in heaven. Whenever he finished the cross, it was told in Hebrews chapter one and also prophesied in the book of Psalms, Psalm 110 verse one, the Lord, God the Father, said to my Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He sat down at the right hand of the Father on the day of Pentecost, and he's gonna stand back up when it's time for God to make the demonic forces and Satan's kingdom his footstool and all the nations of the world his footstool. That will occur when he comes back to rule and reign at the millennial reign of Jesus, preceded by the time period of the tribulation. Jesus will again get off the throne at that time. In the meantime, he's still sitting on the throne for 2,000 years. And I'm sure every time the church, someone in the church says, oh, Jesus, just come and help me. He says, no, I've given you everything you need. And I'm sure also that whenever one Christian stands there and lifts up their hands and tells Satan and his kingdom to stop in the name of Jesus Christ, casts out a devil, lays hands on the sick and see them recover, causes hell to come to a screeching halt, that God just smiles at Satan and goes, all right, why? Because this is what he had planned from the beginning of time is for the church to take over and the church is made up of redeemed human beings made below the level of angels that God took us made in our, in our creation below the level of angels, but given superiority over them through the name of Jesus and our position in the body of Christ. No angel sits at the right hand of the father. We do. We are seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ. Look at the position he's given to us. No angel has authority over Satan. We do through the name of Jesus. All these things have been given to us. And so the church age, the dispensation of the mystery began at Pentecost and will end at the coming of Jesus Christ for us. This time period called the mystery, unknown to Moses, unknown to Abraham, unknown to Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the prophets of the Old Testament, but made known to even the 
the least of us in the body of Christ. No wonder Jesus said concerning John the Baptist, he said, there has not arisen a greater than John the Baptist in the Old Testament. He's greater than any Old Testament prophet. Why is that? He gets to see the one that they prophesied of. And even though he died just a little bit before, he was the last of the Old Testament prophets seeing Jesus Christ come and probably had a glimpse of what was just about to come. And that was the coming of the church. So not it's not something we don't understand, the word mystery, but Old Testament believers didn't understand. We have things that were not understood or known in the Old Testament. Let me tell you what the mystery includes. The mystery, again, is from the day of Pentecost till the coming of Jesus for the church, some things that the mystery includes, given only to the church, not even recorded in the Old Testament, the individual priesthood of every believer. You say, they didn't have that in the Old Testament. No, God wanted it. In fact, in the book of Exodus chapter nine, he mentioned he would love to have every individual be a priest. But because of the sin of the nation and continual sin of the nation, he picked one tribe and made them the priesthood, the tribe of Levi. And if you want to get in touch with God, you went to the tribe of Levi to get in touch with God. God said, this is not what I wanted. What I wanted was for every person in the nation that accepted me, that they would be a priest before me, but it didn't happen. It did on the day of Pentecost. And now as a believer, we are a priest before our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Next of all is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lived in a temple, in a tabernacle for thousands of years. But when the church arrived on the day of Pentecost, just before that, the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. The Holy Spirit moved out and on the day of Pentecost moved into us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I said it yesterday, I'll repeat it again today. And that is, I'm sure the Holy Spirit, when he moved into the hearts of those believers, inside their bodies, he went, oh, I'm at home. No longer a temple or a tabernacle made with hands. I get to move into a temple made by God. So there's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Individuals in the Old Testament had a temporary filling of the Holy Spirit, but it only lasted for a little while. And then he would come on them again and come on them again. And uh, you take a look at Samson. He was only strong when the Holy Spirit came on him. Otherwise, he looked like everybody else. But the same thing was true with other prophets. Elijah couldn't outrun Ahab's chariot every single day. But when the hand of the Lord came on him, he could do that. But now that experience is available for every believer and the hand of the Lord is never taken off. Once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have it. You say, well, what if I'm carnal at the moment? You can still operate in it. Carnal believers operated under the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and do in the New Testament. Of course, God wants you to remain in fellowship with him. Of course, God wants you to walk with him every day. Of course, God wants you to be free from sin in your everyday life. But even if that happens, the Holy Spirit does not lift off of you any more than he comes out of you. You are still the temple of the Holy Spirit. And next of all, you're still filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I grew up Pentecostal. I can tell you this, there are ministers out there that were in tent meetings and having big revivals and stuff that behind the scenes were as carnal as could be. And eventually that brought them down. But they still operated and people still got healed and blessings of God came upon multitudes of people, even though the leader 
was carnal in himself. So again, the individual priesthood of every believer, next of all, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit for every believer is part of the mystery. Next of all, the church is part of the mystery. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When he said that, I'm sure the disciples looked at each other and said, what's the church? I don't know. Just nod like you know what he's talking about. They had no idea because the church was part of the mystery. Jesus dropped a nugget to let them know something was coming, but he never said much about it. But on the day of Pentecost, it became the major topic of the New Testament. We are now the church, a different nation, and we are made up of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. No longer just Israel, we become part of the same body as they are in the church. Next of all, a synonym for the church, the body of Christ. And there, Paul is the only one that ever talked about the body of Christ. Nine times he talked about it. John never mentioned it. Peter never mentioned it. But Paul talked about it nine times that Jesus is the head. We are the body attached to each other. And that is the body of Christ. Something that they would have gone in the Old Testament and said, what? What is the body of Christ? We don't understand that. Next of all, what the body of Christ will be made into is the bride of Christ, not made up of anything from the Old Testament or what's yet to come, but the church itself becomes the bride of Christ. And then the last one is spiritual gifts are available for all believers. In the Old Testament, spiritual gifts were available to prophets, priests, and kings. But in the New Testament, those gifts of the Spirit are made to every believer who is filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the doorway into the gifts, and that's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and the individual gifts are listed there. So again, all these things are available for us today and are part of the mystery, things that were not revealed in the Old Testament, but now revealed to us. And again, something that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had in secret inside of them, waiting for the time to come. And when they unleashed them, you and I are the great beneficiaries of it. What an honor to be born and born again under the time of the church age. The coming of Jesus Christ is what we're looking forward to. I will see you right after the break. Ephesus was famous for reckless living and idol worship. Even so, the Ephesian church was deeply spiritual. Unlike other letters correcting error, Paul's letter to the Ephesians revealed to mature believers both the truth of who they are in Christ and the practical application of this revelation to their marriages, families, and everyday lives. Bobby Andian's New Testament commentary on Ephesians ties in Greek word studies and scriptural references revealing God's empowering grace and the unprecedented authority of every believer as part of the body of Christ on earth. To order the New Testament commentary on Ephesians, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Before the break, we talked about what the mystery includes. Let me run over that again. Now, listen, this is not everything. There's so much more attached to this. Part of this that I didn't even bring out was the temporary hardness of Israel during the church age. That's brought out in Romans chapter 11 and verse 23. So there again in that chapter, it describes again the uniqueness. That's called part of the mystery. But let me tell you about what we did cover. First, again, the mystery started on the day of Pentecost, ends at the rapture of the church, and the, and the mystery includes all those things found in there that was not included in the Old Testament. It's not a mystery to us. It was a mystery to them. Back in the Old Testament, they didn't understand this. We do. Jesus began to speak of these things in small increments. Like I said, he dropped little nuggets here and there, and one of them was he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So let's take a look again. Seven things that I brought out. The individual priesthood of every believer, unknown in the Old Testament, found in the New. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, never brought out in the Old Testament, started on the day of Pentecost. The infilling of the Holy Spirit for every believer. Certain ones in the Old Testament had it temporarily where the Holy Spirit came upon them for power, but he's given to all of us if we'll just receive it. And just like in chapter eight of the book of Acts, once the people in Samaria received Jesus as Savior, then John and Peter came and laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Then we're believers. So it comes after the new birth. Next of all is the church, unknown in the Old Testament, revealed in the new. The body of Christ brought out in the New Testament epistles, Paul was the major one who talked about this. Others mentioned it, but Paul really taught on it. And so again, that's the church, the body of Christ, and next of all, the bride of Christ. And that's what we will be fashioned into one day. And then spiritual gifts are available for all spirit-filled believers, something unknown in the Old Testament, but brought out in the New Testament. Let me tell you what mystery does not include. You'll understand why. Remember the parenthesis? The parenthesis is where the mystery is found between the opening of the parenthesis and the closing of it. What is that that's found in there? The mystery. So before the day of Pentecost, they didn't know what the mystery was. After the day of after the day of the rapture of the church, the mystery will be over. So let's talk about this. What the mystery does not include: the birth and the life of Jesus Christ, because it happened before the day of Pentecost and is well documented in the Old Testament. The death of Jesus Christ happened before the mystery began and is well documented in the Old Testament. There's two complete chapters dealing with the cross, Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22, two chapters dealing and quite in depth and quite uh, descriptive of what happened to Jesus on the cross. The ascension of Jesus into heaven is foretold in the Old Testament. And in fact, in Psalm 110, when he ascended into heaven, he sat down at the right hand of the Father and the Father said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That is when the church age began, is right after that statement when Jesus sat down and the Holy Spirit was given. But notice 
this, it's well documented in the Old Testament, his ascension off the earth and then coming back to that same place. Next of all, the seating of Jesus at the Father's right hand. All these occurred before the church age and the day of Pentecost. Let's go on. Well, how about after that? The tribulation is not part of the mystery. Why? It's after the parenthesis closes. It's well documented in the Old Testament. In fact, there's more scripture on the tribulation in the Old Testament than there is in the New. The millennial reign of Jesus. Why is it not part of the mystery? Because it's after the day of the coming of Jesus to the earth for the church, the rapture of the church. So it's not part of the mystery and is well documented, in fact, better documented in the Old Testament than in the New. More descriptions of the millennium is found in Isaiah, just about in one book than is described in the New Testament. Then the eternal state after the millennium is well documented in the Old Testament and brought out so strongly in the book of Revelation. And actually the church age only goes into the first three chapters of the book of Revelation from chapter four and on is after the church is gone and the church and the earth moves back to Jewish time for seven more years. What I brought out to you from the book of Ephesians chapter three was this, the mystery was already known in the heart of God. God knew it from the time that the earth was created and even before that time. From eternity past, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had a plan inside of them that eventually everything would be turned over to this basically inferior creature called man, inferior to Lucifer, inferior to angels. In fact, we're told in Psalm 8 that we have been created below the level of angels. And that simply does not mean that we by position aren't greater, but by creation we're less. We are not as strong, powerful. We can't think, know, speed to one end of the universe like an angel can. We do not excel in power like angels do. But you know what? Despite that, God has lifted us up and given us authority over angels. And that's why in the New Testament we are told in the first chapter of Hebrews, at the closing of that chapter, we are told that angels have been sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So 1 Corinthians chapter two tells us about the mystery also and that it was already known in the heart of God, verses seven and eight. Here Paul says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world to our glory. The word for world is the word I own. We've run across it before and it means ages, time periods or dispensations. Let's read that again. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Things that we're talking about that God never revealed in the Old Testament. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages or dispensations to our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have had a glimpse into God's plan for all of the dispensations and times and understood the importance of the church, understand the importance of Jesus Christ as the head of the church and we are the body, understanding how the church is built. If they'd have known all those things, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. But because of their covetousness, because of their pride, because of their desire to be gods in this earth, they crucified the one that became competition for them. They hated him and put him on a cross. And still God said, I knew it was coming. 
I knew this would happen, but it's been part of my plan because Jesus would take the sins of the world and die for them and remove this great obstacle. And then people could find redemption in themselves, become part of the body of Christ, become citizens of heaven, become children of God, something that never existed in the Old Testament, to actually become children of the family of God, to call God our father, to call Jesus Christ our elder brother, to call each other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, then it says they would never have crucified the Lord of glory had they known all these things. So again, the mystery was already known in the heart of God, in the heart of Jesus Christ, in the second member of the Godhead, and in the heart of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about some other things. Mystery includes the believer's position over Satan's kingdom. This is what we also brought out in Ephesians Chapter three, verses one through 12, is that God's desire is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known unto the powers and dominions of Satan into the heavenlies. So those ones that even control nations, God has simply told us that he still has chosen us as inferior creatures to those angels and demons, all those other things that are there as inferior creatures to them. God has given us authority and simply listen to this. I'm telling you, when you get born again, God gives you the power and authority over satanic kingdom. And what he simply says is nothing shall by any means hurt you, not over demons and, and treading on serpents and scorpions, but also over all the works of the enemy. To understand this, that when you as a Christian face satanic forces and you just simply do this and put your hand up, say, in the name of Jesus, stop right there. And all hell has to come to a screeching halt. You begin to realize how much God trusts you. It doesn't mean you now start abusing that authority and acting stupid. It simply means you understand and with dignity, you accept it. And with dignity, you use it. With reverence, you use the authority that God has given you over satanic forces. And you can speak to sickness. You can speak to evil circumstances. You can speak to demons. You can speak to people that literally are filled with demonic forces and cast those things out. It's all part of the great commission given to us and that authority that God has given to us, even as lower creatures. And one day when we have a resurrection body, we will be exalted and be in heaven in resurrection bodies. And at that day, we will be superior to angels, even by creation. Luke chapter 10 Verses 17 through 19, Jesus gave his disciples that authority before the day of Pentecost, entrusted them with that authority. And whenever he did, they came back shouting and rejoicing. Not the fact that they were saved, but look at this power we have over Satan. And Jesus had to straighten them out. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19, then the 70 returned again with joy. What were they saying? Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. Notice this, not with our name, with his name. Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority. The Greek word is exousia. The word for power like 
physical power is the word dunamis, but authority is what he's speaking of here. And they said, and he said, I gave you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Serpents are big demons. Scorpions are little demons. And over all the dunamis, the power of the, I gave you authority over Satan's power and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in them that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want you to rejoice in something that could never happen to a demon. They're not going to get to go to heaven. I want you to rejoice over this, that you have power and authority over fallen angels. Nothing because these fallen angels will never be allowed back into heaven. Once they made their choice to go with Lucifer, to go with Satan, it was an eternal choice and they cannot come back. And next of all, understand this, you are going to be with me in heaven forever and forever. Rejoice in this, that your names are written there. Satan wanted to go there, tried to go there, was thrown out and will never get to go back as far as ruling and reigning ever. But you're going to be there and this just irritates him. Rejoice in this, that your names are written in heaven in the book of life. So notice this again, we have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. Whenever we use the name of Jesus, like a policeman saying, come out in the name of the law. I come out and knock on the door and say, open up in the name of the law. We don't use that anymore. It used to be on television, but it was so wonderful because why this little guy might be a scrawny guy out there, but as long as he's got his uniform on and his badge, he simply uses that authority. And even if the guy inside is stronger than him, this guy has authority over the power of that wicked man inside. I have authority and you have authority as a Christian over Satan's power. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.